you know, the Bible has a lot to say about treasure. Jesus clearly tells us that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And here's something that's true for you. You will always share the fate of that to which you give your heart. Pay attention to that. You will always share the fate of that to which you give your heart. That applies for money. That applies for relationships. That applies for your faith. Whatever you give your heart to is the faith that you share. That's why Jesus says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You are what you value. What you morally value. What you value in elections. You are what you value. And what Jesus encourages us more than anything else is to value and to treasure the kingdom of God. Let's look at Matthew 13, beginning in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A treasure hidden in the field. And I wonder how many of you can go back to your childhood, how many of you are in childhood right now. Who's been on a treasure hunt? Anybody been on one? Anybody read Treasure Island? Anybody had the secret map which you just knew was going to take you to wherever the buried treasure had been located? See, the problem with treasure is it is often hidden. But people will go to great lengths in order to find it. Ponce de Leon gave up everything to find the fountain of youth, what he most treasured. And how many quests have ended in vain because they searched for a treasure that simply was not there? This treasure is different. It's there, but it's hidden. And treasures were often hidden in fields because in the ancient world there were no formal banks as we know them today. You couldn't take it to Hancock or Independent Bank in order to safeguard it. You had to bury it. It was the safest place. And so if a landowner didn't know anything about the treasure, the property could often change hands several times without anyone knowing about it. So you could buy a property with buried treasure and not know that there was buried treasure. V.A. Proctor's not in here this morning, but he is a connoisseur of metal detectors. And he often goes searching for metal detectors. And I made the mistake one day of asking V.A. about how that worked. And he gave me the whole encyclopedia of how it works, like asking me about history. You just kind of open a, a Pandora's box. But a metal detector is supposed to help you find what's beneath the surface because it's not always there at surface Level. He describes this as the nature of the kingdom of heaven. This guy's not necessarily even looking for it, but he finds this treasure, and when he finds it, at first he covers it up, but then in his joy he goes, sells all that he has, and buys that field. He sells all that he has because he believes that what he's buying is worth purchasing. He joyfully abandons it all. 
like George Banks and Beverly and Beverly Poppins and Mary Poppins, maybe filmed in Beverly, when he discovers everything is not important as far as he sees it, but the true importance is in his, job, is in his family and not in his job. He joyfully abandons it all. He goes to fly a kite, and here's this guy doing the same thing, except he finds his treasure in a hidden field. This field doesn't look like very much, but when you look beneath the surface, oh, when the world looks at the kingdom of God, they don't see very much. In fact, they see little at all. But if God grants you eyes to see so that you can look beneath the surface, you will see so much more. He gives us this parable of the hidden treasure. He tells us to value the things that are hidden, the things that have not yet been revealed. And then he describes this pearl of great value. You know, pearls in the ancient world were incredibly valuable, just as much, if not more so, than they are today. And it tells us about a merchant who came seeking. And most likely he knew his craft, he knew his trade, but he wasn't idle in what he was doing. He had a purpose in mind. You know, a lot of what you get out of life depends on what you put into it. It depends on what you look for. You have to look for it. You have to see it. He's not aimlessly wandering around hoping that things will come his way. He says, if I can find what is most valuable in this life, I will get all that I can of it. And once he discovers it, he leaves everything for it. He sells off all those other pearls because the one pearl is worth more than all the other ones put together. He gives up everything in order to purchase one thing, because there's only one thing worth everything. This valued investment is invaluable. My dad, for a period of time, was a, a stockbroker growing up, and so I got to learn a lot about stocks and bonds. Matter of fact, in college, I got pretty close to taking a, the Series 7 examination, which licensed you to sell securities um, to other people. And I know quite a bit about investment and retirement, probably not as much as some of you in this room. I opened my first retirement account while I was still a teenager. I've been pretty faithful about giving to that. I had a small sum of money in college that I used to invest in the stock market, in particular stocks. I would read as much as I could about them and make an investment based on that play. The first investment that I had doubled. And so I went from whatever I had into it, which was just a small amount, to double that amount. And I got a little bit overconfident. I thought, man, this is easy. If you just do your research and toss it all around, you can do well. The second investment I had got cut in half. <laughs> so I lost all the property that I'd made on the first one, and it kind of ended up balancing everything out. Well, we know that in, in the stock market, there's a risk, isn't there? There's a risk where everything can be lost. That risk is not found in the kingdom of God. Oh, you may lose everything on this earth, but treasures in heaven are forever. They are eternal. They last. And I want you to think about this merchant. What if he had said there are more pearls valuable than this? Maybe there's more out there. Imagine the trajectory of his life. He had found this pearl of great price, and then he went to find the other things. He said, is there anything more? How foolish he would have been to forsake the great pearl for other pearls. How many in the church says that's exactly what we do? Discover the kingdom and abandon it for the earth. But instead, this man was looking for everything and he found everything in one thing because everything that you're looking for and longing for is found in the Savior. His name is Jesus. And this is the question that you've really got to ask this morning. Is what you're seeking worth finding? 
Paul says it well in Philippians 3, verse 8, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. Set your eyes on the things of earth and earth is what you get. Set your eyes on the things of heaven and everything comes with it. So many people, knowingly or unknowingly, live their lives so that they make this world just a better place to go to hell from. They put money in their house, in their vehicles, their markets. They put it in, in, in trips and in things of this world. And if that's what you have, and you don't have Jesus, you've just made the world a better place to go to hell from. It has to be more than that. It has to be the value of a soul that's being redeemed. That's the kingdom of God, and it often doesn't occur on levels in which you can always see it. I had a friend not too long ago stop me after church. She said, can I ask you something? Do I have to be around people in order to love them? I said, well, it depends on who you're referring to. She said, my ex? She said, I, I, I love them, but I just don't want to be around them. And I said, well, there's a difference between loving and liking someone. You don't have to like people, but you have to love people. And I said, the difference for you is, do you hold bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart? That's the real question. She said, oh, I did. But then I started reading God's Word, and He showed me what was wrong with me and what I did to contribute to the relationship, too. She said, I don't harbor bitterness, unforgiveness anymore. I had another lady stop me just a couple of weeks ago. She's been through a terrible ordeal. She said, it's hard for me right now. Finances are tight, but I've just come into a little bit of money, and I want to make sure I've tithed that to the church. I know her story. She doesn't have that money to give. But she said, God has made such a difference in my life that I want to give thanksgiving to Him. I had lunch with a guy not too long ago who was struggling with some different family issues that he was going through. And he said, you know, I've just decided that whatever happens in all of this, I want to be a man of God. Before I'm a husband to my wife, before I'm a father to my children, before I'm a, I'm a colleague to my coworkers, he said, I want to be a man of God. He said, will you pray for me that in every area of my life I'll be a man of God? Folks, you get a few people like that, you can build a church. The value of a soul that's being redeemed. When you begin to see the value of the kingdom of God, it turns your world upside down. When you truly understand the value of the kingdom of God, it will mean more to you than all the world. It will be your source of greatest joy. He closes his one final parable in this chapter, the parable of the net. And Jesus talks about this separation that occurs between the good and the bad, between that which is good and that which is evil. Have you ever sorted through your junk in order to have a yard sale? Anybody buy anything on Highway 60 this weekend? My aunt and uncle came and, and visited me. They were coming up Highway 60. They decided to stop in with a couple of their friends. My aunt is the type where she will purchase something from one yard sale in order to sell at her yard sale. That's kind of how things go. She gets it. I asked her what she had spent on the way up here. She said, I've spent 
34 cents thus far. I guess she had gotten something good. How easy it is for things that we think are important not to be important, for the things that we don't view as important really, truly are important. You know, there's some things that nobody wants that you wouldn't part with for anything, and there's some things that cost you a lot of money, but you just don't really need. And isn't that the key to life, separating the bad from the good, from what you want to what you need? Jesus says one day that's the way it's going to be based on how you've lived your life and what you valued, the good from the bad. And if Christ isn't at the center of your life, you will be categorized with the bad. On the other hand, if he is your joy and your strength, you will be with the good. The worth of God's kingdom. I want you to think about this. I've thrown out some numbers for you in the announcements this morning, but the worth of God's kingdom cannot be calculated even if numbered into infinity. You can't measure it. But here's the thing, and hear this. When you lose sight of its value, you lose the joy. That's what happened to David. He got so sidetracked. He was a man after God's own heart, but he let sin get into his life. And at one point in Psalm 51, he says, Lord, you've got to restore to me the joy of my salvation. I knew what it was like. I need it back. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You knew what the joy of the Lord was like. You knew what it meant to be on fire for God. But you've lost your sense of value. You can have it back. You simply have to value the things of God. You've got to keep ever before your mind that your life's purpose will only be found in the will of God. And if you're seeking God with all of your heart, you won't miss His will. Some people say, what if I miss the will of God? Listen, if you're seeking God, you won't miss His will. He won't let you. God wants to show it to you more than you want to act on it. Do we treat the valuable things of God cheaply? We do a lot of measuring for everyday life. One of the measurements we take is how colleges and universities disproportionately spend money on sports as opposed to academics. Most of these institutions of higher education, the sports budget is way higher than the academic budget will ever be. It's disproportionate. What about you? I'm not just talking about your finances, although that's an indicator. How you spend your time? How you spend the gifts that God has given you, your talents? Is it disproportionate in comparison to the kingdom of God? You know, there's so much truth to the statement that one man's trash is another man's treasure. It's true for the kingdom of God. If you've ever watched Antiques Roadshow, I watch it sometimes, it's on PBS, it's their most popular program. What happens is auction houses will come up to independent sellers and they will basically give them free appraisals of whatever they bring in. And one episode was really unique. There was this man from Arizona who came in with a blanket that had been passed down to him as an inheritance. He knew it was worth something, but he really didn't have any idea how much, so he just had it over a rocking chair in his, in his bedroom. It was just thrown over that chair. He took it to the roadshow event, and the man who was appraising it, as soon as he saw it, his mouth almost dropped open, because this blanket was just isn't any other blanket. It had been made by the Navajo tribe in the 1840s and had these unique patterns in it, patterns which you couldn't find anywhere else. And because of its rarity and significance, 
They appraised that blanket sitting on top of a rocking chair between $350,000 and $500,000. like to have that blanket, wouldn't you? So this man who had come in with the blanket draped over his arm went out with two security guards, the blanket like, like this, and took it to, straight to the bank deposit box. I wonder if we truly valued the kingdom of God. If we truly understood that he who was rich, yet for our sakes became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. Oh, how we might value and treasure the kingdom of God when we truly know what it's about. Valuing the treasure of Christ. See, that's what the kingdom of God is like. Matthew's been describing it. It's like a mustard seed. It's like yeast. It's like a perfect pearl. It's like finding just one lost sheep or one lost coin. It belongs to children and others who are small. But when you begin to pay attention to the small things that God gives you, it changes your approach to life. You see the world differently. What seems significant now has your full attention. What seemed ordinary now seems interesting. What seems a dead end now promises great potential. Redemption of the world. We'll leave you with one of the last words that Jim Elliott wrote in his journal before he was martyred for his faith as a missionary to the Aka Indians in Ecuador. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Tis one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the broadcast. If you found it helpful, please consider sharing it with your family and friends. For more information, check us out online at barryefields.com.